I need you to listen to this for me. Like we're friends, and and I feel like this could really help you if you listen to this podcast episode. She read some Harry Potter fan fiction, and that's not that's not clean stuff. I know what goes on on those websites. Like they'll give somebody like a three piece suit and a pocket watch or something, and you're like, what do you mean? This is his new look. How could that be his new look? You know, someone turns a corner to their cat, and the cat says, "Well, ha!" Like a southern gentleman, and I love that. Hello, and welcome to People You May Know. On this episode, I have Ashley Chup. She is awesome. She, I have been following her on Twitter, and we've been friends from the Hollywood Handbook Forum for many years now. I don't know how many, but we haven't ever like really talked one-on-one. It's just one of those like distant social media relationships that you have. And at a certain point, you're like, wait, we don't like super know each other beyond, you know, the level that you might know even some Instagram famous person who doesn't even follow you back. You know what I mean? It was really cool to have her on and to get to know her more and to really see how incredibly intelligent she is and well-spoken and deep and like most of what I've seen from her online over the years, more like years back was funny stuff. And she is super funny. But lately she's talked more about politics. She talks a lot about philosophy. And a lot of these things I am not really knowledgeable enough about <laughs> to get that level of understanding of like what she's putting out there. Cause she really understands these things at like a deep level. Like she talks about reading smart people books, which is like, I just can't even, I'm like, Oh no, I've tried to do that like twice. And I gave up within a couple pages, you know, I just can't do it. But her understanding of these things is so incredible. It's just like, she makes it seem so interesting. And like, I kind of want her to rewrite all of these important works in her own words so that I can actually learn about them because of the state they are now. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. But she, she makes them feel digestible. And what's interesting is a couple days after I had Ashley on my podcast, I was looking at my Kindle at night because I'm currently reading a regular book, like physical copy. It's, I hate it. It's repulsive. It's so limiting. I can't read it laying down like the, the bookmarks like all over the place. I'm not able to just highlight the things I like. I have to like get my phone and take a picture of it. And it's, it's just embarrassing. So I haven't been on my Kindle much, but I was like, you know what? I want to read in bed and I want the light off. So I need to get a freaking Kindle book to read in between this completely antiquated monster hardback. So I was looking through my library and I saw Ashley's collection of essays, pre-apocalyptic. I saw that in there. And I was like, this is another one of those books I bought when it came out 
never read it. Just like, yes, I'll get to that. And then you just don't. I've, I don't read much. Does that help? I just don't in general, but I'm working on it this year. Okay. Last year, I think in total, I read two to three books and this year I've already read two to three books. So, okay. I'm, this is new year's resolutions at their finest. Okay. So I was like, yeah, this is great. I should totally read Ashley's book now that I feel like I know her and I want to hear more from her. So immediately it was awesome. It just reeled me in and I love it. And I love how deep she gets. And it's really crazy. Like in her book, there are so many things that we discussed on the podcast. They just like naturally came up. And then I felt horribly embarrassed that I didn't already know these things about her before I interviewed her. I was like, oh my God, I would have known these things. I would have known to bring up some of these things if I'd read this before. But she talks about addiction, religion, journaling, truly caring about the world versus just claiming you care about the world. She talks about so many things that we covered on the podcast, but she talks about a lot of other things too. She talks about loneliness. The essay on loneliness is just incredible. I don't, I don't know if she would like me just boiling it down to being about loneliness, but you know, solitude, isolation, thinking you'll be alone forever, maybe wanting to be alone forever. There's just, just a lot of ideas in there and it's, it's really very cool. So I really recommend that you buy her ebook of essays, Pre-Apocalyptic. To further convince you to buy it, I just want to read you a couple quotes that I highlighted. I actually highlighted a lot from the book, but there are a couple quotes that I just really loved. Marx only called religion the opiate of the masses because RPGs hadn't been invented yet. I don't want to comment on it more and then make it stupid, make you associate her quote with my stupid comment on the quote. So I'm just going to say it. Okay. All right. Here's the next one. Inner peace, it turns out, is not achievable as long as you still burn with the hope that by becoming peaceful, you can make your life better. It is only an utter embrace of the meaningless void in complete lack of expectations that I have ever found relief. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff, you know, really interesting stuff, intriguing ideas. I loved it. So I hope you'll pick it up. And if not, you know what? You've got over two hours of conversation here with us. I I am over pleasing the audience. I don't give a shit. This is an awesome conversation and you're going to listen and you're going to like it. All right. Welcome to the show. Ashley. Yes. I have an icebreaker to off everything. Okay. okay. Is who is more likely to astrology edition? Ooh, Okay. All right. Who is more likely to give you the silent treatment, a Leo or a Scorpio? Oh, Scorpio. And I don't... Okay. Yeah, of course. Of course it's yes. Scorpio. Yeah. Yes. Obviously it's Scorpio. <laughs> I, <explain> why. <laughs> I have to explain why. To understand astrology. Yes. Okay. 
Um, well, Aaliyah is never going to give you the silent treatment because they love to talk. Um, Scorpio is, they punish people by withdrawing attention, you know, um, and they reward people by giving attention. So it's actually, people want to say that Scorpios are mysterious, but it's very easy to tell how they feel about you in the moment based on whether they are giving you attention or withholding it. Yeah, very true. I think uh, passive aggressive sort of things are like, yeah, they're right up Scorpio's alley. Mm-hmm. All right, nice. How about this one? Who is more likely to have a blog about fancy cheeses? Is it a Virgo or a Libra? You know, I could see a Virgo being into fancy cheeses, but it's going to be the Libra who's going to blog about it. <laughs> okay, good answer. Yeah, because yeah. Libras like the socialization. They like the attention. They want to talk about what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Yeah, and yeah. the image of of being kind of like classy and refined is very important to the Libra, but I find not so much actually... <laughs> being refined it's like um uh, i don't know it's like they're very about aesthetics i guess it sounds really mean Mm -hmm. to say but i don't mean that they're not that they can't handle substance but they tend to be style over substance Mm -hmm. yeah i get it i'm a libra so i am offended (laughs) but i also agree with you (laughs) i'm sure you're the exception (laughs) yes of course (laughs) All of us are the exception to whatever. Okay, who is more likely to kill someone in cold blood? Is it an Aries or a Taurus? Oh, an Aries. A Taurus would never. (laughs) Taurus would never? Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. I I could see an Aries killing someone in the heat of the moment, like a crime of passion, but I actually can't see Aries sitting down and planning out, you know, a murder. I guess if it was premeditated, I would say, I don't really see Taurus killing anyone, but if they were to kill someone. Maybe an ex. I could see maybe an ex. Um, Yeah. But I think they would be more likely to commit a premeditated, cold-blooded murder. Yeah. Aries A little more than Aries, yeah. Aries is definitely heat of the moment. That's probably happened so many times. I don't know. Probably if we looked into all of those those kinds of murders, it's all Aries. I am wondering though, now that we're talking about the Taurus murders, <laughs> is Jody Arias a Taurus? She has that vibe to me. <laughs> I don't I know, but but there is like there is such a Taurus vibe, isn't there? <laughs> there really is. You know what? I am going to have to take a quick break and Google Jody area, see if we can find out her birthday here. <laughs> oh, I tried to have a birthday. I guess bikini was what I was looking for. No, not bikini. All right. <laughs> she was born July 9th. So she's a cancer, which cancer, is, which is very similar. We're very they're similar. They're holding hands. Very similar. Yeah. All right. We got something there. <laughs> Who is more likely to kiss their dog on the mouth is it a capricorn or a cancer oh i mean i am a cancer and i would never but we would be much more likely to than a capricorn absolutely yeah i i totally agree it's like i had to go through this and i thought you know my brother's a cancer i don't think he would yeah but 
most would again there it's like so, uh, there is a breed of cancer here. that absolutely would <laughs> yeah and you know sometimes i do notice differences between people who are born in like the month before versus the main month of the sign or whatever so sure. maybe it's one of those things we'll have to look into it yeah i mean Research i'm like it. a lot closer to the gemini side than the leo side so it could have okay. something to do with it that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me from you. Yeah. <laughs> Who is more likely to cry watching a boy band documentary? Is it a Pisces or a Gemini? Oh, Pisces. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm I put a Pisces cry in there. there. I knew yeah. I should have done that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we love to cry a lot. Yeah. 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 About dumb stuff too. That's why I had to specify. It's like a boy band documentary. It's something no one really needs to be crying at. You don't need to be emotional during this, but yeah. somehow they are. Yeah. They make it work. <laughs> no, sometimes I'll just be kind of sitting alone on my couch and then I'll just make myself cry. You know, sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> are you testing yourself? Or are you like, do I still have it? Can I do this? No, it's not intentional. I just start like thinking about, I don't know, like my friends or something. And then I'm like, oh, I'm crying. Oh, wow. So is that in that case, is it a happy tears thing or is it like I miss them? No, it's like it's like I just have tears in response to almost any emotion once it reaches <laughs> a certain degree. It doesn't matter okay. what the feeling is. Once it reaches like, you know, 80 percent intensity, I'm just going to cry. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember when I was a kid, I would always cry when I was angry, um, especially if I was like yelling at somebody, if it was like an intense thing. And it would be so frustrating. I was like, why are tears coming now? <laughs> yeah. You're not you want to look tough, but you can't. Yeah. You can't. I remember I did the dumbest thing once I was crying. Uh, my two best friends, we did that thing that kids do where you stay the night at your friend's house one night and you beg your parent to let you stay a second night. You're like, no, yeah. this is going great. You don't get it. It's going to be great. And then you fight like immediately. As you, yes. <laughs> you yes. can't stay together that long. You can't do it. So every time we would do this constantly because um, these were like my best friends for years, um, even though, you know, we made each other cry a lot. <laughs> and I still... I'm mad at them a bit for that <laughs> 20 <laughs> years after the fact. But <laughs> so we would always get into these huge fights on that day too. And one of the days they were like, you know, I think I was saying, I'm not even upset. And they're like, well, you are crying. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm an actress. I'm doing this to show you like how stupid you are. It's like ironic. <laughs> like it's like a joke. Um, and they, they wow. were like, what, really? Like they kind of believed me. So it you were ahead of your time there. God. Oh, my God. It's embarrassing. No, oh, the Twitter right. girls want what baby Valerie had. <laughs> okay, who is more likely to take a picture of roadkill as an LOL? Sagittarius or Aquarius? Oh, that is tough. Because really, I could really see either. See, and this yeah. one was a trick question. The answer is both. Yeah. They would both do it. Yeah, they absolutely would. Wow. I'm an Aquarius yeah. rising, so. But I also have a You're lot like, of Sagittarius friends. For some reason, I attract a lot of Sagittarius friends. So I'm like very familiar with both of those signs. And we would both do that. 
Okay. Because I always think that's interesting when uh, you notice the people that you tend to be drawn to of a certain sign, even if you, you know, wouldn't think that you would like that type. Well, like I have a friend who every girl he dates is a Gemini. Yeah. And that I just think is so odd. It's like, how do you make that happen? Where like everyone is a Gemini. You're just that into that type. I bet that his um his descendant is in Gemini because oh. that tends, you know, because you have your ascendant, which kind of governs like your the face you present to the world. And then directly opposite that you have your descendant, which kind of uh is like what you are looking to incorporate into yourself that you don't already have. And so a lot of times when you attract partners or friends, cause my descendant is in Sagittarius, which, cause it didn't make sense to me for a really long time. I'm like, I have no fire in my chart. Like I, why, why are all my friends Sagittarius? And I realized it's because my uh, descendant is in Sagittarius. So that's just like, yeah, I'm drawn to that energy. Interesting. So mm-hmm. how do you find out your descendant? What is that based on? Um, so it's just going to be like exactly opposite your rising, wherever that point is. Um, so I'm an Aquarius oh, rising. Oh, okay. And yeah. Aquarius and Sagittarius are directly opposite each other. So I, yeah, so my ascendant is Aquarius. My descendant is, oh, wait, no, I'm getting this wrong. I mean, Leo was my descendant. And And yeah, so I attract fire sign energy and then Sagittarius is my 10th house ruler, which also governs like how you interact with the world and what you chase in the world. So descendant, 10th house, those two are big about who you attract into your life. Yes. So I think descendant is the beginning of the seventh house, I want to say. So seventh and 10th house are the two and mine are Leo and Sagittarius. So I am always attracting Leos and Sagittarius's, which, you know, I have no fire in my chart. It's like, why would I be attracting all these fire signs? And that's why. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know with this friend. I just know they're a Leo. Um, Hmm. Well, Leo and Gemini do get along too. Yeah, but I just feel like to only have Gemini. It's like, that's just weird to have just one. It's even like when someone's like, oh, I just love blondes. And they like only date that. I'm just like, anything that specific doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) That is, when people are very specific about like the aesthetics of someone they'll date, that's very weird to me. I don't want to be, I don't want to sound judgmental about it, but it is, I don't know. It is just very odd. I mean, you know, it's, it's totally superficial. So, I mean, I don't mind judging them necessarily, (laughs) but I'm a Libra, I guess, you know, we're comfortable being judgmental. That's, we just pretend we're not. I remember there being times like, um, once I was driving, I was like 12 or something. I wasn't driving. I was in the car with uh, my cousin and her friend. And there was like a hitchhiker that they were like, we should pick him up. And then they realized they knew him. So then it became maybe an okay idea to pick him up, whereas before, maybe not. But but he got in the car and then uh, he was talking about a bunch of bullshit, how he had like a, a crush on one of their other friends and like, oh my God, I was in love with her. Mm-hmm. And that made me really roll my eyes because everyone was in love with this one friend and it <laughs> yeah. just, 
it was just weird. I was like, oh, another person who loves her. It's just not <laughs> likes, loves. Like I, so anyway, so I was just judging him so hard. And like, literally like right in that moment, he turned to me and said like, you know, I really like you because I can tell that you're like an open-minded person and you're not judgmental. Like, <laughs> I was like, he's like the opposite of my soul or something. That's funny. Oh, it's always so funny how, like, yeah, how you can notice such moments of disconnect in like a conversation where you think that like, there's no way I could possibly be concealing how I feel right now. And then you realize people just see what they want to see all the time. Like they hear what yeah. they will never hear what you're saying. They will hear what they think you're saying or what they want you to be saying. Very true. Because there's also been, I've had the opposite sort of situation where I had two people tell me like, whoa, what are you mad about? Like what's going on? Where I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're fit. Like you're ooh, like, sorry if I offended you or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, what? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Now looking back at that thinking, I, cause I always just assumed I did have a, a look on my face. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but now I'm wondering, was this them? Because they were both yeah. girls who were friends with a guy I just started dating. So I'm like, did they like expect me to be mad at them or something? Dude, that's exactly what it was. I, I'm telling you, when you start noticing this stuff, you'll just realize like people very rarely see what's actually happening in front of them. <laughs> it is people are always projecting on each other. It's a very hard habit to break. And like I still do it, but like I'm very hyper aware of it. So I try not to. But, yeah, I try not to totally like believe anything I think too hard. Like I'll go, yeah. well, I think this is true, but I mean, I don't know, like always be truly open to stuff that, you know, to it being wrong. Yeah. Um. Okay. So to continue with the astrology, I do want you to guess the signs of a few celebrities. I chose okay. people that I'm a you won't already know their sign um but you know if you do you better tell me do do not cheat okay 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 (laughs) okay and I don't know their signs either I didn't look them up I had to choose people I didn't know so I couldn't influence you in any way okay oh god okay I'm gonna fail but it's fine (laughs) let's go let's do it Mario Lopez My gut instinct is Libra, but there's a part of me that also wants to say Leo. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Oh, God. And like, what reasons are you leaning there? Do you have anything Here, I'm, beyond, I'm really like... just going off gut instinct because like, I don't really know anything about him as a person. You know, usually when I guess these things, it's like singers who like, I listen to their lyrics and I can be like, I know what you are. What? Did I get it? Yes, <laughs> he's a Libra. <laughs> wow. Oh, that feels good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Uh, Henry Cavill, if that's how you say his name, I don't know. Uh, off the face, I want to say he has like an Aries face to me. Mm-hmm. But I could also maybe see... Mm, 
know. There's a part of me that wants to say Capricorn, but I think I'm just thinking of Geralt and not of the actor. So wait, who's Geralt from The Witcher? Oh, when I think right. of him, I literally right. only yeah, that's how oh I know God. him is from that show. So I didn't even fucking connect. You said The Witcher is one of your main interests, and I <laughs> forgot that he was that. So this is, I mean, really, this is coming yeah. together really nice. But I don't really know anything about him outside of watching him in that show. So I don't know if I'm like... Uh. So I'm your first say, guess was... I said, like, off the off his face, just, I think, Aries. Aries. Like, okay. a lot of Aries have that look, but part of me also kind of wants to say Capricorn, but I'm going to say Aries. All right, let's see. All right, he's a Taurus. Okay, yeah. Str- they, have, they both have the strong forehead. Like, Aries and Taurus, Taurus both have that. You know, I have only seen him a little bit, like, on Instagram, and he does not feel like a Taurus to me at all. There's like, a I little feel bit like of, like, an earth sign thing, which, which <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> but I did get a little earth sign off of him, like, so. That's true. And... And he's got that, like, the the forehead. I don't know how to, like, it's just, like, a strong forehead. Like, that's how I knew Quentin Tarantino was an Aries. Like, when I saw a picture of him, I was Oh, really? Like, oh, that's an Aries. Um, yeah, so, like, it's, when they've got a forehead like that, it's usually, like, or a strong forehead, it's usually Aries or Taurus. And if it's, like, a really prominent forehead, it's Aries. Okay, interesting. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking. For the next couple, um... Say, like, which, um, like, earth, air, whatever, which of those, and then narrow it down from there. Because I do feel like it's hard to get the specific one. Yeah. Um, but maybe that'll be interesting. Okay. Army Hammer. Oh, man. It's like, what we know about him now makes me want to say something crazy, like Scorpio or Aries. But mm-hmm. he does not have the Scorpio look. Like, Scorpios have a look, and he does not have it. Um, watch me say that, and then he's going to be a Scorpio. But, no, I, th- <laughs> I think... Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't have water sign energy, so I don't think he... Air, maybe. Fire, I could see. Earth, I don't think so. Um mm-hmm. So I would say probably a fire sign. I would think Aries. All right. Let's find out. Well, maybe Libra. No, I'm, no, I'm going to stick with fire sign. August 28th, Virgo. Oh, I did not see that one coming. No. No, but you know what? He is also one of those people who I know nothing about him aside from the cannibalism. Yeah. But, you know, just going off of the looks, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed Earth either. But. Sometimes Virgos are secretly here. We psycho. are like every once in a while mm. you get like a secretly insane Virgo. Yeah, I could see that for sure. What do you think about the cannibalism thing with him? Like, do you think it's purely like? fantasy sexual fetish or is there some like truth to him like do you think he sought out human meat or something i mean hot take maybe but like i don't really care which it is like i mean it's like 
I mean, I'm not like, I assume he's not killing people and eating them. Like, I don't think he's doing that. If he is like, if there's some like weird, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if cannibal, if, if cannibalism is possible <laughs> to achieve ethically <laughs> or at all, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, that I don't really want to think about it. And now I'm, cause now I'm like imagining, Oh, there probably is some sort of like secret black market for human meat. And they probably yeah. like hunt people and like, you know, third yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of like a hostile situation, yeah. but for like cannibalism instead of just murder. And I'm like, yeah, he, I feel like he maybe would do that just from the, what I read. It was just yeah. a little, it felt a little beyond just a fantasy uh, where if he was knew that he could do something like that, like, yeah, he probably would. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, just, no. I, I guess I just, Instagram I want to just laugh at it and move on and not really think about it. But when I do think about yeah. it, I'm like, Oh, I feel like rich people probably have access to gross, weird shit like that. And totally and they probably do it. Yeah, probably. I mean, now wouldn't gonna... you? <laughs> wouldn't you if you could? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, when I first heard about it, though, I, yeah, I also was like, who cares? It's obviously just like a dumb sexual fetish. But then I yeah. read the stuff and saw the pictures of the pigs and you know he's just getting too into meat in general just wanting to talk about that so much that I thought I don't know he's you know sounds a little bizarre and then when he wrote to the girl like uh I know I like I have to be away from you but I still think about you I was like he said it like why do you need to be away like it's like a <laughs> werewolf or something yeah, it's like he's a vampire <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like okay so i don't know definitely makes me question him <laughs> but he's probably just another boring guy who's like i like leather and you know stupid yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um lady gaga Ooh. um i'm not gonna say aquarius because i feel like that would be the obvious pick and i just it doesn't sit right in my soul i could see an air sign, maybe Libra. I could see fire, maybe Leo. Um, I just need to... Not earth sign. There's no way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say either fire or air. I'm just going to... I'm really torn. But it's like, gosh, water I could really see from her too. I could see her being a little cancer. Getting no. those like years in. You can't no, see it? I can't. I mean, I didn't watch the documentary. I don't know. Maybe I'd <laughs> Okay, gonna, so you're I'm thinking Leo. I'm gonna I'm just gonna say Leo. Okay. Um, All right. Committing to Leo. Maybe Libra. No, I'm just March twenty-eighth. Aries. Okay, so fire. But that was yeah. Yeah, that makes sense for her. Um Yeah. I bet she's got some Aquarius in there somewhere, but yeah, I didn't think it was gonna be her sun sign. Yeah. Okay, nice. And now my last two are characters. So you okay. are deciding what their sign is maybe it's you know been speculated before um they might have a birthday uh mentioned in, but you know you know you can't trust those things you watch right. a show and they tell you someone's birthday it's like no you just made this up yeah. like all right 
Emma, you said you love Jane Austen. Yes. I've only seen the movie Emma, so I can't speak to any others at all. But uh. um, I love Emma's my favorite. I've read that book like three okay. or four times. No, like four or five times. Um, I my gut wants to say Libra. I think she's a Libra. Um, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Matchmake. I mean, gotta be yeah. right. It's gotta Libra. be. Yeah. 100%. All right. Nice. I agree. Yeah. That's how I feel. She's the best Libra. The, like the, the yeah. I, like epitome, you know, the highest ideal of Libra, I think. Because, you know, both signs can be like really horrible in some ways and like really awesome in other ways. I feel like Emma's a, a, yeah. a uh, more evolved Libra. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that is, um, that's kind of funny because there are times where, uh, there will be a person who's like so annoying and then I find out they're a Libra and I'm like, fuck, am I like that? Uh, and I just, I just hope that they're, they're that bad side and I'm not there. Yeah. It's always <laughs> the people of your own sign that will annoy you the most when they suck because yeah, it is all those things <laughs> that like are creeping around in your subconscious that you fought hard to be better than and that you know, you've left behind. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's like, hey, I used to be a little bit of a dramatic bitch, but I toned it down. <laughs> you haven't. Yeah. That makes me worry that I'm yeah. still like that more than I know. And then I know I am. Every once in a while, the signs will come up, like something will pop into my head that I'll go, oh my God, you're making the situation all about you. And that's like <laughs> crazy. Like you, you can't even see it. That's like how naturally it comes to you. And it's, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'm doing crazy stuff all the time. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It is that way. <laughs> like every time I think I have become just like the perfect, most wise person that I could possibly be, <laughs> I look back two months later and I'm like, oh my God, like I was such a fucking idiot. So yeah. I just assume that however smart I feel, I probably sound like an idiot now too. And then you just hope you don't have to look back on it. I guess I'm, you know, making a podcast and like with social media, you're ensuring that you get to see what you were like, which is probably a bad idea because um, I, I've saved a lot of journals. I, I started having a journal when I was 11 or 12 or something. And when I've gone back and read them, I'm like, oh my God, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's horrible, especially like my live journal is awful where sometimes I'll, I would read it and I'd go, I hope I was joking here. It doesn't read like a joke, but God, if I said that seriously, that's very upsetting. And, yeah. and at a certain point I actually had to stop. Like I was trying to read through my journals in chronological order and I had to stop because it was like making me depressed. It was like <laughs> really bad. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I don't need to know what I was like. I don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. I'm like, I'm not very diligent about keeping a journal, but I always have like just scraps of paper that I write things on when I'm like very emotional or whatever. And I save them all in just like a catastrophically like unorganized like system. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I'll just look through something I wrote like, you know, six years ago and be like, who was I? <laughs> Like, I, I don't, I, I feel like there's no way I could possibly be the same person as the one who wrote this. 
you just hope that you're like growing and changing all the time and that that's not still there. Yeah. But at the same time, I think a lot of it is that expressing ourselves in words or, you know, written word too, you, you can't come up with accurate descriptions for what you feel. So I think that's a lot of it. There's just those limitations. Like, do you ever notice that like when something really terrible happens, I always notice this when someone dies. If I have like a terrible like grief I'm dealing with, I notice I'm so stupid because my thoughts are just like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you can't come up with something more profound than this sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no you're absolutely right it's like you know when I was in therapy my therapist would always call me like cerebral and talk about how I'm like always intellectualizing my emotions and I'm like what are you talking about I'm very in touch with my emotions I'm a very emotional person and and she kind of helped me to realize that like yeah, you we you just have to like feel things and then turn them into thoughts later a lot of the time because when mm -hmm. you're in like yeah, the heat of a feeling, it's like it's not time for thinking. It's not going to go well. But and that's my struggle is anytime I feel something I immediately try to put it into words or put it, you know, make it intellectual or whatever and and I didn't I don't know. It was an interesting thing to realize. Yeah, that's so interesting. I never even thought about not putting the feelings into words <laughs> like I immediately feel like yeah. I have to explain a feeling or or make a joke about it usually like what can I <laughs> I don't know yeah that's really interesting yeah and it's like you can just kind of like let it be there for a while and then deal with it later and you know that's I didn't I never realized I could compartmentalize my feelings what and it's like and <laughs> And now I've learned that like, oh, something's coming up. That's cool. I can, you know, that doesn't need to take up my focus right now. I'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. And like the feeling yeah. is there, but, but your focus doesn't have to be on it all the time. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that's something I have to notice a lot with anxiety and stuff where it's like, yeah, I know you really don't want to do this thing that's coming up in a couple of days, but just like try to pretend it's not even going to happen until you have yeah. to think about it no reason to keep worrying or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, therapy is, um, is kind of cool too. Like I know right now everybody, you know, everybody acknowledges that it's, that it's good. And it, what's kind of funny is that now I don't feel like I would feel comfortable seeing a therapist that feels weird. I mean, I don't, I also don't feel like I'd really have anything to say right this moment, but <laughs> Even if I did, the first of all, there's just a skepticism that they would even be helpful because I do feel like most people are very stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I don't see you being able to give me wisdom. I just don't see it. And that's, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I have like a weird ego or something because I feel the same way about like personal trainers. I'm like, there's no way, like, I feel like you're going to be an idiot talking to me and I'm just going to be annoyed the whole time. <laughs> but, um, so I don't know, but I know that I really enjoyed going to therapy when I was a teenager. And, uh, I, my therapist asked me to be, um, like an example patient. Cause she was like, uh, she wasn't licensed yet. So yeah. she was like, can I talk to you like in front of my bosses? They'll watch from like a two way mirror or whatever thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, talk about the progress you made or whatever. 
so we did that and uh it was supposed to be like showing how she did such a great job or whatever but then after they come out and they talk and we watch them and they were saying that i just seemed to totally get like what was what my problems were and that basically that i didn't even need her i could have changed on my own and i was like oh that's interesting and i know that's fully just because of how I intellectualize things. So I talk about emotions, like I totally get them, but that didn't mean I wasn't cutting myself constantly. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't want to stop at all. Yeah. yeah. Into it. I promise you, she did it. (laughs) Like I did not do this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's kind of interesting to learn about yourself. Uh, So you just don't see those things. You don't see yourself. You still don't. I mean, I don't know. You can't, but try your best. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, I, uh, am very like obsessively self-analytical and to the point where like, it almost makes me angry when I miss something. Um, and when my therapist would pick something (laughs) up that I hadn't already, it would like almost make me kind of mad because, you know, it's like, no, I tell you what I noticed. And then you say, yes, good job. (laughs) Yeah, so then they point something out to you. You're like, you want to go, that's not even true. Yeah, no, there's no way. So, and then she ends (laughs) up being, I realized she was right like six months later is usually how it goes. (laughs) I had, uh, you know, I like, I don't see a therapist, but I am a therapist. So I have to talk to therapists for like supervision. And one of the therapists that I talk to, she does like to make comments about what she thinks about what's going on with me. So it feels, um, feels like having a therapist. And she has said a couple things about, you know, you're very tense and you hold all this tension in your body. I'm like, yeah, okay. I know. I'm like, I'm busy. All right. Um, um, she would say, I wish I could remember what she said, but she said a couple things that I was like, I don't know that that's true. And she's like, it is. And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, it is. And I'm like, I am going to kill you. <laughs> and I could never, I could never figure out if she was right yeah. or she was just so insistent she was right that I have to question it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hate that when it's like, no, I I know that I I know myself, I know that I know, and then you're like, but oh, but but maybe, maybe, do I? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh-huh. Um, I had that uh, with a friend too when I was like 16. We were like in an argument, and she was like, um, she said something like, "I'm really mean" or something. You know, she's like, "You can you can be really really mean," and I was like, "Huh." I don't know if that's true. I have to take a minute to think about that. And she was like, what? I'm like, no, I'm being sincere. I need to really consider, is this true or just your perception of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But then I heard I was mean enough times that I learned eventually. Yeah, I am really mean. I just don't think I'm mean because I don't care. I'm doing it to you. So it doesn't hurt me. (laughs) Yeah, I, um, I have been... I guess perceived as cold a lot which is very interesting to me because I feel like I'm very nice to my friends but then I realized like oh yeah I'm nice to my friends but like you have to become my friend before I will really like talk to you but like you can't really become my friend unless you talk to me so I kind of put people into this like very difficult position but I guess in my mind it's like why would anyone want to be friends with me anyway like what 
you don't know anything about me. Why would you like, I don't know. I don't trust, (laughs) I don't trust anybody who doesn't already know me. (laughs) That's so funny. So they can't want to get to know you because what reason would they have to want to, if they don't know you? Yeah, exactly. So there, it's an impossible. Yes. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how have people told you that you're cold? How do they confront you on this? It's not. It's never um, like in the moment. It's usually someone who like eventually finds a way to become friends with me, and then mm. like after a couple months, they're like, you know, I thought you were a huge bitch when we first met, or like, you know, <laughs> you were so cold to me for like the first two months that I knew you. I never thought we'd be friends or like I always end up getting something like that after a few months oh, into a friendship. Interesting. Um, I always wonder like what people learn when they post little like questions on their Instagram to their friends. Because you know how a lot of people think those are anonymous. So yeah. they'll be honest. <laughs> like if you were to put up like, do you guys like my new haircut? Like everybody that's like, nope. Yeah, yeah. You just go, oh, that's maybe kind of a mean friend. Like maybe they're just being honest or maybe they want to hurt your feelings in yeah. that moment. <laughs> but um, I just wonder how many people have learned things like that. Because people want, I guess, people won't always tell you that they used to think you're a bitch. But especially if they currently think you're a bitch. You know, like if that yeah. never changed, they're like, well, she just is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they may never confront you with that. Yeah. I I've mean, gotten the whole thing too. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we got that common. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really care if anyone thinks I don't like them. I mean, they're probably right. So, um, yeah. Or like, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't need that many friends. So I'm okay with making people work hard to be my friend. Like I don't <laughs> need that many of them. So if they want to do the work, like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to stop you. Um, but see, that's so interesting. I always think it's so funny when people say like, I have enough friends or I don't need to make any more friends. <laughs> or I, I'm like, what? what are you talking about? But I think maybe, maybe you're this way. Maybe not. My guess is that, people who feel that way are more active in their friendships where they actually want to call their friends, talk to them, be there for them, give them gifts. Like they're more (laughs) attentive to the friendships. Is that, do do you feel that way? I think that's true. And I also think this is a very, uh, this is a perfect example of the difference between like a cancer and a Libra. Is that (laughs) like, yeah, I want to keep my circle very close because I want to feel like I have a strong bond with everyone in there. I want to feel like I trust everyone that I talk to. Um, I want to feel like, you know, I, my friendships are valued on both ends. I don't really like casual friendships or like, um, you know, when you see people around at parties or at the bar or whatever, but like, they're not part of your friend group. I'm always like, I don't want to, we don't have to talk to each other. Like, just, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just me. Um, but yeah, I have kind of learned that people because I feel like the other side makes no sense to me why would you want to just like talk to a bunch of random people all all day like that seems exhausting and like not fun to me because that and then I guess I've realized that yeah just the reverse is true for some people for some people that is fun and rewarding is you know being able to chat with a bunch of different kinds of people and like get to know little tidbits about lots of different people and it's not you know that that's just what 
some people find rewarding and fulfilling and it's just you know different from what I prefer I think I uh, am like using people in just a unique way so like I don't feel like my friendships are all light because I don't care about that either. Yeah. I don't want to just like, oh, I barely know this person. Um, like I generally don't like that unless you're like a coworker or something. Yeah. Um, I want to know all your deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> and then we don't have to talk for a year or whatever. <laughs> I so I feel like I know you. I feel like there's closeness. But also once I know your secrets... What I mean, what else is there? What are we gonna, you know? Yeah, no, so. I, I, I understand that, or like, I don't understand it, but I do, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I get it, but yeah. it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like I, I don't know. It's like, uh, I guess I just need a certain amount of security in my friendships, where I like mm-hmm. know that they're gonna text me back, or like at least eventually, you know. It's not like I need people to pay attention to me all the time on the dot that I request it but like you know I just I I don't like it when you know I don't hear from someone for a year like that hurts my feelings yeah how do you feel about um group chats are you like that's not intimate enough or does that have its own place and um yeah I think it's kind of its own thing it can be fun um I found that like it is it is fun when you aren't emotionally invested in like how you're received or um I don't know how much attention you're getting because it's like always someone's gonna have better jokes or get more attention and you're gonna be like why didn't my message get this many thumbs up or whatever or like you know it's just like um I think they're they're fun when you don't care about them um and then Mm -hmm. when you start to get emotionally invested it's like now it's too confusing there's just too much going on to have feelings about yeah yeah that's very true um when if you ever because I'm usually like whatever I don't care how people respond to stuff but if I'm ever in that mood where I start noticing yeah I'm like oh this drives me totally crazy now I get kind of why some people are more like affected by it like if that's where your mind goes like judging every little thing it's yeah it's torture yeah yeah Yeah. um even now like my group chat we moved to discord and uh you know they have a different system we used to be Mm -hmm. on group me it was all just hearts it was easy now you have to like pick an emoji to react (laughs) to stuff it's a whole other thing. Yeah. So I will seek out, but I do it a lot. I'm I'm the big emoji person. Other people, not so much. So sometimes I'll make a post. Most of the time gets zero response. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of hearts. So now zero response. I'm like, this better just because be just because you guys are lazy about locating emojis. Yeah. Because it is starting to get hurtful. And I hope they're all listening and they will start putting emojis on my fucking post. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's that's what group chat will do to your brain, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what it'll do. So yeah, my, my rule now is like, I cannot care about it. If I start to care about yeah. it, I cannot go on. Um, and yeah. if, if I'm just like, 
chilling and I want to chat with some buddies or see what people are up to, then I can log on to the group chat. That's fine. But if I'm like, if I'm in a state where I'm like, I need attention, I need someone to care about me. It's like, no, text your friend, text a real friend in your real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get people to focus sometimes on a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of people um, do not know how to respond to serious things. Yeah. So uh, often if, if someone says something serious um, in multiple group chats that I've been a part of, I notice it's just completely ignored and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of odd. Yeah. (laughs) I think people just don't even know what to do though. So they're like, "Ah, cry for help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, so the last one I was, I was wondering if you have a guess at the sign Mm. is the witcher. I don't know. Is that him? Is he, is he the witcher? Yes. Geralt. (laughs) Well, there are many witchers. Geralt is one of them. He is the titular witcher. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I would say, um, Geralt is, almost certainly a Capricorn to me um which is interesting because I usually do not care for Capricorns like they're the sign that I do not like like everyone else is Scorpio Gemini like that's what Capricorn is for me um but I have known precisely one Capricorn in my life who I just adored and who was like one of the most perfect people I've ever met and that made me realize that sometimes they can be good too and I think Geralt is a good Capricorn. Okay, nice. The good Capricorn. That would have been a cute name for the game too, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't known that many Capricorns either, but one of my best friends, her ex-boyfriend was a Capricorn and he was cool and he was funny. And so I kind of felt a little differently there. And then now my husband's a Capricorn and I find that shocking every day. I'm like, are we sure? Like is the birth certificate incorrect? (laughs) How, how? Uh, I, uh, I worked in an office at one point that was mostly Capricorn women. Um, Wow. And yeah, and it was a medical aesthetics office, so that makes sense. Um, but the uh, one of them, the one Capricorn that I have known that I just that changed my mind basically about Capricorns was one of the women in this office, um, Lisa, who was just like so like steady, calm, no matter what was going on. You just could not rattle her. Um, worked really hard, always like you know just. I don't know. Things would be fucking insane and somehow she would make everything work every time. And she was like very nurturing without being sappy about it, you know? Like this was during a time when like my family wasn't speaking to me and so she kind of like stepped in and took care of me in a few ways that like I didn't fully realize what was going on at the time, but like looking back I can tell that she was like, you know, taking care of me in her own way and like but doing it in a way that wasn't like sappy or emotional. It was just practically taking care of me. Oh, I made too much food last night for the family. And so I thought I'd bring some for you today and, you know, stuff like that. Um, And so I think like, and then the rest of the Capricorn women were just like fucking bitches who like cared (laughs) about nothing but looking hot and like getting money and would just complain about their husbands and, 
and talk about how much more money they needed and which plastic surgeries they were going to get. So I feel like those are t- the two Capricorns or the two Capricorn women. <laughs> those are the two types. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a really special thing that, um, almost is like kind of what you want to look for in a therapist is like someone who can be there for you and you feel like they get what you're saying, but they don't make you feel stupid in their response, which I think a lot of what can make you feel stupid or not understood is someone being too caring. Yeah. And they're like, Oh God. Or I think a lot of it's fake. I guess when people do that, where they're just like, well, that is just the worst. Yeah. And you're like, okay, calm down. <laughs> like, yeah. I uh, I actually, this is like an insanely long story, so I won't tell the whole thing, but I ended up at one point uh, busting my head open on the asphalt um, one night, and this is when I worked at this office with Lisa, um, and I had just incurred like several thousand dollars in medical debt, so I was like, I cannot go to the hospital again. Um, so I just kind of like, put taped gauze over this like gash on my head and I went into work early the next day Lisa was a nurse practitioner so um she has obviously has medical experience um and she like transitioned into aesthetics like later on in her career uh but she used to be like a an emergency room nurse um so I went in early so that like only she would be there and I like go into her office and I'm like Lisa I hurt my head last night and she like Fixed it up for me, uh, found the cheapest pharmacy to get me antibiotics from, like, you know, and it was like, and I had to, it was just like one of the dumbest things that ever happened to me. And I was just like, and yeah, she didn't make me feel embarrassed at all. She didn't even ask me what happened. She was just like, all right, let's, let's get it taken care of. And that is like, that's the, when Capricorns are good, like that's their magic, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I mean, I'm glad you didn't just die when you fell asleep that night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm definitely looking back, not my most responsible choice, but I mean, what was I going to do? I don't have money to go to the hospital twice in one year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's kind of the bullshit about that medical debt is that often you do have to make decisions like that that are like, yeah, this this might endanger my life, but the money it'll cost me if I go in. You know, to make those choices. It's cool. It's cool, really. Yeah, I love America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, So when I asked you to be on the podcast, I asked you to share with me a list of your interests. Mm-hmm. And a um, couple of red flags came up. Oh, yeah. Actually, okay? All right. You said you hate all politicians that's correct and you love assassin's creed yes that makes me worry a little bit you know (laughs) do we need to get the cia involved are you planning something i mean the cia is probably already watching me in some capacity (laughs) i wouldn't surprise me um i am not planning to assassinate anyone i'm not planning to assassinate anyone i cannot make any promises that i never will assassinate anyone we just don't know uh but you know it is not in my life so you do like the the aa sort of thing like today i am not going to kill anyone Tomorrow, I don't know, but for yeah. today, yeah. no. Yeah, today I have no plans. Perfect. 
Yeah. You know, and it's all just, you know, where the spirit moves me, you know, someday God might tell me to kill a politician and then I'll have to. Yeah. Someday God may talk to you through your dog and tell you to kill a politician. You, you never, just never know. know. You, you really don't. Yeah. I think um, if this, if I bring this up on any podcast I have, if I keep bringing up, like, are there plans to kill the president with every guest, I'll just ask them. <laughs> then I'm at least ensuring I have a few listeners, right? I'm yeah. definitely going to get <laughs> some agents in. Yeah. So I kind of like that. So maybe that'll be a good theme. Uh, <laughs> so, I can see, like a little web series about the FBI agents who start to, you know, become endeared by your show and get emotionally oh invested, take a road trip yes. out to spy on you and your friends or something. Oh my god, fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do I I get a little bit more of that like paranoid type of like is someone listening, but I'm also like I never say anything, so who cares if they are. Um <laughs> But last night, uh, we just started watching Homeland here, all right? Yeah. So, yeah. I so remember last those night, first couple seasons, yeah. It's good. That's why I, uh, I thought I have to watch it because I remember at the time it came out, everyone was in love with it. So yeah. it has to be good. It has to, even though on the surface, like the subject matter, I'm like, mm, yeah. that doesn't do a lot for me. Terrorism and stuff doesn't yeah. do a lot for me. No, but Claire but, Danes um, is <laughs> yeah. just incredible. She's great. She's great. It's funny because, uh, you know, my husband doesn't, he doesn't know anything about like celebrities. So I get to tell him fun stuff. Like I'm like, did you know that she's known for her ugly cry? <laughs> she is. It's talking about, you know, and he's like, Oh my God. So oh, it's that's fun. Awesome. I get to share those things. <laughs> yeah, that's But so, so cool. we're watching this <laughs> and I was saying, you know, I hope they do kill the vice president. You know, I was like, I really hope they follow through on this plan. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just have to say like out loud, like to anyone listening, we're mm. talking about Homeland. Yeah. This isn't just if you're, you know, I, I don't know about any secret plan to kill the, the VP. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's a show. Just in case, you know, you don't want to be like killed in your home or something. They make it look like an accident and it's just all misunderstanding. Yeah, you know how it goes. Same old story. Yeah. Yeah. Who among (laughs) us has not experienced this? (laughs) So you are into conspiracy theories. This is one of your listed interests. And I'm curious before we get, uh, get fully into the conspiracy theories, are you also into um, pseudoscience? I don't, well, I think anything that I'm into that I would probably not think it's pseudoscience, you know? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like I am into a lot of weird, like spiritual kind of like metaphysical stuff that like, to me Mm -hmm. is just like, spirituality not pseudoscience but to others it probably is pseudoscience okay um because i um i used to have a client who would talk about like conspiracy theory stuff and like pseudoscience stuff and at first i was like oh my god this is so weird and you know i would just let him talk and talk though because it's sometimes you don't know what to say to people and you go i'm just gonna let you go yeah (laughs) so uh, but then after listening for about 10 seconds, I was like, I buy into this. So I just, I mean, I'll easily buy into anything I learned after listening to this guy talk, yeah. but it also just made me more aware of how a lot of the like 
pseudoscience ideas um like you know he said that they used to be like respected it used to be like these were classes taught in college it was like seen as legitimate science and then at a certain point the thoughts just changed and uh and i do think that now the way um a lot of like research works is it's kind of bullshit um that it has to be like measurable or repeatable, like all of these different things that I don't think necessarily mean it's accurate. That's just like one type of measurement. Cause even a lot of the like uh, psychology, a lot of the social sciences, you can't do research that way. So they're, that's part of the reason why they're not as respected. Yeah. Um, so it does make me wonder more about some of the things that, used to be seen as legitimate that aren't anymore like how many of those are we like fully missing out on because of this narrow view we have of like what knowledge needs to be you know yeah it's always interesting like um when you hear people talking about like medicine like western versus eastern medicine where like people kind of don't realize like there are reasons a lot of eastern medicine that like seems weird actually does work like and they are scientific reasons, but it's just like not what we're mm-hmm. used to thinking of as medicine. So like, you know, um, yeah, it's not to say that like, you know, both types of medicine do exactly the same thing and are capable of the same things, but you know, just that it's, uh, uh, the perception of it, I guess, is being not in like fake, I guess. Yeah. Yes, definitely. When it's like, yeah, you where just you don't, don't know think. it's ver- like you don't know it's science, so you're right. It's fake, totally. Yeah. Well, and you know that those things can be legitimate. And like, uh, I don't know that much about like anything like that, but uh, but I remember hearing in a class that there's like a leaf in the rainforest that um, makes your blood clot. So if you have like you know, a crazy wound, you just put it on there and it like stops it. So that alone you go, Oh, well then of course some of the like herbs and shit that people say do things do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of course they do. If there's a fucking leaf that does that, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we don't respect it. We don't even, uh, we don't even bother to research it. And uh, I mean, I'm sure some of it, maybe some of it doesn't work, but if a lot of these things have been done for so long, I mean, yeah, it's like that. Well, yeah, there has to be something that they're getting out of doing it over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you've ever heard of these things, but some of the ones that, uh, that my client would talk about a lot, there was, uh, a study by a guy uh, named Emoto. Mm Mm-hmm about water he like wait is it the talking to water one yes yeah (laughs) yeah I've heard this one a lot um I don't know that I buy into this one uh particularly but it is something that people talk about a lot the yeah the study where like if you talk to if you say nice things to water the like particles react in one way and if you say mean things to water then like it the particles react in a different way Mm mm-hmm um, I guess. And yeah, I mean, it's hard to say uh, for sure. I know that it's a thing that they, you know, other people will say, well, we tried to do it and it didn't really work. Or how can yeah. you really say, or he didn't, whatever. But I think that it at least um, has some truth to it in, I don't know. I bet there's an element of truth to this. 
because I know this. So now I'm like totally <laughs> getting weird, but yeah. like, uh, you know how people will always say like, um, because like I'm vegetarian and so, so people will go like, well, what would you do if you found out like all fruits and vegetables had feelings then like what would you eat? And it's like, what a dumb question. Like, <laughs> okay. But as far as we know, they don't, and we know animals do. So I don't really know what point you're trying to make. Yeah. Your point is you not caring either way is somehow because of respect for the fruits and vegetables or something, yeah, you know, I don't know what they're trying to say when they ask that, but, (laughs) but it also makes me think more like, I'm sure there are some fruits and vegetables that have some level of feeling more than we know, because, you know, when you hear things about plants, about how they'll like move to be in the sun or they do different things to protect themselves, it's like, it really is possible that there's more there and we just don't know how to see it because, you know, we see everything from like a human lens essentially. And, you know, I mean, and it's, again, I'm like sounding so dumb, like a guy who just like got high for the (laughs) first time or something. But, you know, when you find out that like there's snails or whatever that see ultraviolet light and like, so then you go, oh, well, there's stuff in the world that we don't even know is there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're so just that alone. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there's other shit. Yeah. We just have no idea at this point. I don't know. I'm trying to be more open to stuff because I, I think I used to be just so skeptical of everything and just like, uh, maybe that's just like the rebellious teen thing of what you do. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Well, I think Is for that a long accurate? time, I, I was like, you know, if if there is some sort of, like, divine metaphysical force living in everything in the universe, then, like, surely it would prove itself to me, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. and I guess, like, man, like, because all of this stuff is kind of tied up into, like, a religious thing for me, because, you know, I mm. decided, like, yes, I'm going to choose to have faith that everything in the universe is connected by this kind of energy that, like, I call God. And and so for me, it's like, I have to, you can't, that is what faith is. You cannot know. Um, it's not mm. going to be proven to you, so you have to choose it. And And I have been, like, I think very rewarded for the choice that I make. And ever since I made it. Uh, so I absolutely believe that that's how the world works, but that's not really based on anything scientific at all. Mm-hmm. That's just, I don't know, some spiritual impulse, I guess. Yeah. Well, and you, I mean, you get some sort of signs that you're on the right path. Like I remember Angela Trimber talked about um, pings, or she's like, you see something and then like later you see something else. Like you just yeah. feel like you're you're going in the right place when you go, oh, that's weird. Like I'd never heard of that before. And now I've heard of it like five times this week. Like what's the significance or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when I notice things like that, I definitely get like, okay, something is going on with this. And I I feel like there's, I, I don't know what it is. I do, I I consider myself an atheist, but I also am like, I mean, I don't know what that even means to like, if I'm open to there being um, more to life than just life, 
then who's to say that that's not basically what a lot of religion is like I really don't know but (laughs) um but I don't know it definitely does feel like there's there's more because this is like so dumb god (laughs) I get so embarrassed when I say like crazy like things like this no but I feel the Even- same way like I feel self-conscious <laughs> talking about it but I, I try not to be because it's like I, I do believe in this stuff and there's no point in hiding it and pretending I don't so like whatever but yeah. yeah but I do st- it's still hard to talk about yeah especially when you know that like um other people are you don't know what other people think so it's like you definitely know a lot of people are going to listen and roll their eyes yeah but whatever who cares yeah it literally um, cares. It literally <laughs> yeah. <who> cares <laughs> yeah truly who cares um little things like um i will be like trying to scan something onto the printer right yeah and uh it won't go through it'll just like keep like kicking back or there's some stupid error that like has never happened before that i'm like what are you even talking about? I'm doing the same thing I do every time. And anytime something like that happens, I go, maybe there's a reason why. And I'm supposed to like do something else or whatever. Yeah. Um, and literally almost every single time it is like, there is something else that I didn't do that I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, and it's just like fucking weird. So, so that helps me like accept things that happen more too, like challenges. So if I'm driving and there's like a shitload of traffic or I'm late getting out the door and I'm like, Oh, I always think, well, maybe there's a reason I'm late. And I would have been in a car accident if I wasn't late. And I just accept it. You know, know, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, 100%. I think like that is one of the biggest ways my life has changed since I kind of just made the decision to like, just commit to being a person who has like faith in a God, like whatever. Um, is that, yeah, when something that previously would really just seem like a random annoyance of the universe or like a problem I now have to solve now, it's either like, yeah, what is this doing for me that I might not be aware of? Or two, like, what is the lesson here? Because I've noticed Mm -hmm. that like the same thing will happen to me over and over and over again, like in different places with different people for no seeming reason until I learn the lesson that I'm supposed to learn. And then it, then it goes away. Um, but it's like yeah. a lot of the times those problems that you're like, why does this always happen to me? It's usually because like you, there's something you need to like notice or something you need to be doing differently. And once you catch that, then, you know, then that goes away. Then you get to learn a new annoying lesson. <laughs> See, I always notice that happening with like, um, if I'm judgmental about any particular thing, or if I just don't get it, um, it'll happen to me. And then I, and then I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it now. Like I never used to understand anxiety when people had anxiety. I was like, what even is that? (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're afraid that what's going to (laughs) happen. I don't, you know? Um, and then I got anxiety and I was like, Oh, I wish I didn't have this, (laughs) but, but now like it makes me understand other people better. And so I really am appreciative of it because I was always kind of appreciative of like when I was younger, like um, being depressed and things like that. And I I just feel like that's a big one for me where like anything that I don't get, it happens to me and then I have to get it. So sometimes if I find myself going, I don't get people who are like this, I'll go, whoa, let's try to 
<laughs> try to understand yeah. maybe what they're going through. Yeah. It doesn't happen to you. Learn your lesson on your own before the universe forces you to. Yeah. It's yeah. always easier to do it yourself first. Yeah. But I always just think too, like, you know, you'll get through this. There's something here. Like, um, yeah. a couple of years ago I had, um, cystic acne like it was so fucking bad it was all over my neck Mm -hmm. and like you couldn't pop it there was nothing you could do yeah um you couldn't cover with makeup it looked like shit and it would just like peel it was horrible it was all over my neck and then it got on my chest and then it was on my back and I was like oh my god and it just felt awful because I just like I thought I was ugly for like a while. I had a stretch where it was like I had such low self-esteem and it was fucking torture. Where it just like I was like, whoa, hating yourself yeah. sucks. It just yeah. fucking sucks. So then once I got over that, um, because like I worked at this job and then like I would see mentally ill people and homeless people and old guys all the time, and they would treat me like I was pretty. And I was like, oh my God, maybe I am pretty. And that's like, sounds crazy, but just getting, having anyone be nice to me felt like, oh, okay. And then I would also see like prostitutes that like weren't skinny. And I was like, if a guy will pay to have sex with her, maybe I also am okay. And it's like my self-esteem comes from weird places. But (laughs) once I started like liking what I look like again, to then get cystic acne felt so upsetting that I was like, you know what? Maybe I need this though. Maybe I like myself too much. Maybe I forgot what it was like to really question if people think you're gross when they see you or something, you know, and maybe I didn't learn something from that. Like I didn't have enough. Um, And I, I thought of that like with a car too, like having a shitty car that it's like, you know, you maybe need to have those moments when you're driving through a parking lot where every other car is nice and your car looks like shit and it's fucking loud and you feel embarrassed. Like maybe you need that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm warming up to the idea of like, I guess a necessity for balance because in my mind it's like, well, if there's some sort of like force at work in the universe why doesn't it make good things happen all the time and why does it make me experience bad things and why does it make anyone experience bad things and I think it's just like I mean in order for anything to mean anything we have to have the free will to do bad things to each other otherwise Mm -hmm. like what is it we're just living in some like I don't know pointless universe we're like the simulation is shut so that only like certain good things happen and like we can only be nice to each other and we don't have any like choice over what kind of person we want to be like then it wouldn't mean anything so I'm I guess it's like how I cope with the idea of like well if God is real then why do bad things happen and I guess to me it's like well because it wouldn't none of this would mean anything if we didn't have the freedom to choose whether we want to be whether we want to do good things or we want to do bad things. And so the balance is like, there has to be both. True. And if there is like um, more to life than what we're seeing right now, then God would have some idea that killing someone or, or making them suffer is not the worst 
thing in the world. Like it's, it's okay. Um, and that's something I have to explain to people sometimes too. Like when someone is, um, grieving a loss, especially if they were like, you know, the person or animal or whatever was in terrible pain beforehand. Mm -hmm. I have to try to be like, you know, uh, not trying to control how people grieve. It's, it's a, it's a tricky thing, but to go, you know, people suffer, animals suffer. We feel pain. You've felt pain. You know, you've probably had terrible pain before and it's okay. You get through it. So you, it's like, I know that makes it feel harder that they had to experience pain, but that's just such a normal part of life and death is too. And it sucks when it happens but it's um it's harder for you to be without them after than it was for them to die in the first place yeah. you know yeah i don't know like we you know when you think about the way animals die <laughs> like <laughs> holy shit if you ever watch like nature documentaries and just see these animals fucking ripped apart. They're like eaten alive sometimes by these other predators. And, you yeah. know, their their babies are killed right in front of them. And just like horrible things. <laughs> You're like, you know, this is just life is pain sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes when you experience pain, it can be like a profound experience that changes you. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be bad. Like all, all emotion can or all feelings I think can be perceived kind of any way yeah um I don't know like I once was at the dentist and they were (laughs) I hadn't gone for six fucking years (laughs) so they were um, they were doing the cleaning on my teeth and it hurt so bad I couldn't believe it and I just said to myself like just try to enjoy it in a way (laughs) like you very rarely experience pain so just kind of go, this is kind of interesting to be in so much pain right now, you know? I and know it, exactly it what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I feel like that is, there is a, I, I guess I, I was so miserable for most of my life and very recently have kind of been able to find some kind of happiness. And I think a big part of that is approaching my hardships differently and, yeah, either seeing them as lessons or just opportunities to experience something different. I was literally uh, writing something about this the other day, just um, how like when I have chores or like things I have to get done that I just really don't want to do because I'm a very, I'm not lazy in spirit, but like physically I'm very lazy. It's very hard for (laughs) me to like get myself to actually do what I'm thinking about doing. Um, so my, what I, how I've been coping with that lately is I just keep telling myself like, okay, you don't want to do this thing. You think it's going to suck, but like something different could happen today because you did this thing. And then, you know, if you just sat home and played video games on your couch, like, you know, what's going to happen if you do that, you don't know what could happen if you go out in the world and go get this thing taken care of. So like, you know, even if it does end Mm -hmm. up being boring and stupid well then it's already done and you don't have to think about it anymore but like the way I try to get myself out there is just to be like yeah this thing that sucks is an opportunity to experience something different and at the very Mm -hmm. worst like you still learn something from that yeah absolutely and like I mean our mind is like controls fucking every everything it's so 
weird how like if you want to make a change the biggest thing that will make you make that change is having some sort of epiphany if you don't have that like click it's you're probably going to keep struggling through it but once you have that like oh shit that makes sense then it changes everything yeah so like trying to create those moments for yourself is i mean it doesn't always work yeah <laughs> but it can sometimes um and it, and it can really make a big difference. Like recently I've been trying to think about like, um, like I, uh, I had a really bad problem with binge eating <laughs> for a while, um, really kind of my whole life, but there was yeah. a period of like a year plus, like recently that was really bad. And, um, so I was trying to think like, what the fuck? Like, first of all, a big change was thinking of it as binge eating as opposed to sugar addiction. Cause you know, yeah. how you see things like changes, how you respond to them. Yeah. So once I realized it was binge eating, I was like, oh, okay. It's not really about the sugar per se. It's about like having so much of something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then kind of realizing that it was, uh, you know, someone wrote like, uh, eating disorders are about control. And of course I know that about like anorexia. Yeah. I don't think all eating disorders I think it's weird when people pair anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating. I'm like, they're all completely different. Yeah. Completely different, like, reasons and stuff. But so I just never even, like, took that in for mine. But for some reason, it, like, clicked when the person said it the other day that I was like, oh, I think for binge eating, it's not, like, controlling stuff the way it is for anorexia. It's about a lack of control. Yeah. So I think for me... I am so controlled in every single thing I do that eating is the one thing where I'm not, Yeah. where I'm like so stressed and keeping it together and just doing what I need to do. And then I go, food, and just like, okay. yeah, like then I can relax, you know, it's the only time, like, I don't feel like tensed up. So realizing that like gave me a focus where I went, okay, I need to do other things that make me feel like I'm like losing control in a way, like, yeah. um, just being free or whatever. Cause I realized that I keep myself from that. And I think probably a lot of us do, but where you go, am I being too loud? Am I going to annoy somebody? Is this, do I look stupid doing this? Like, you know, you get all these things that stop you from just being yourself. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's made a big difference. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I, I've been through something similar just cause like I get, I don't, in my brain, I'm like still 16 and it just doesn't make sense that I have like responsibilities and like things to do <laughs> and like a life yeah. to live. And so for me, sometimes it's like, uh, for a long time for me, it was drinking. I, now it's probably weed. Like there's sometimes you just want to like lose yourself in something and tell yourself you're powerless over it. And mm-hmm. because just it feels like too much to be responsible for everything you have to be responsible for. And I barely have to be responsible for anything. Like I don't even have pets or plants, but for some reason, just keeping myself alive feels like too much sometimes. And yeah, you just want to feel like you're powerless against something else that makes you feel good in a moment. Totally. Yeah. That's so interesting. Take responsibility for it because it's like, Oh, well, you know, I just, I'm powerless against, alcohol I'm powerless against weed or video games or whatever it is that I'm trying to lose myself in you know but it's like uh, Mm -hmm. we always deep down somewhere have a choice like I mean 
you know, like on mm-hmm. some of us more than others, you know, I mean, some of us are more at the mercy of our demons than others, I guess, but it's like at some level, you do always have a choice. Yeah. And there's like, there's so many different reasons why people get involved in different addictions that I think that complicates a lot of it. When you try to make like a one size fits all solution, it's like, that's not going to work because yeah. I mean, I've watched a lot of intervention mm-hmm. and I, I don't like passively watch anything because I'm like, I am like in my head a lot and I'm thinking about stuff and I'm analyzing stuff. Um, so, which I think, you know, a lot of people probably do. I was going to say most people, but I was like, I don't think it's most people, but I think a lot of people probably do that. So I'm always noticing, um, like when I'm watching intervention, I'll go, I don't think this person is going to get clean, like mm-hmm. for this reason, yeah. or I think this person will be successful because their addiction came from trauma. Mm-hmm. So once they talk about the trauma, they'll be fine. Yeah. Or this person, like they're treating anorexia, but this person doesn't have anorexia. They're a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I notice like, all these differences in the treatment approaches and like, and the um, origin of the addictions and all of that. And I'm like, almost always right. Almost always. (laughs) Um, And it just though, like through doing that, I know it's so different for everybody. It's just so different. And then it's not just the treatment. It is that epiphany thing. Everybody needs that too. It has to click. Like people talk about rock bottom. It's not rock bottom. It's the click. Yeah. You know? Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, I was sober for like three and a half years because like after, like I spent a couple of years just like really, really drinking like all the time. And it got to the point where I was like having trouble leaving my house unless I was like a little drunk first because I'd have too much anxiety to like cope with anything Mm -hmm. in my life. Just even just like, having a job felt like too much responsibility. So I just like, I couldn't do anything unless I was drunk first, you know? Um, so I, I quit drinking and, and I tried to do AA and I was like, well, I'm an alcoholic clearly. So now I need to like get clean and never drink again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the program just really immediately like did not click with me and did not feel good. And And that's not to say, I mean, I've seen it work really well for other people, but I guess I just didn't realize that like my relationship with alcohol was not like the same thing that it is Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And I, it, I was sober for three and a half years, but after that time I, I was talking to my therapist and I was like, all of the things that were making me drink all the time before are not a part of my life anymore. Like, you know, I've Mm -hmm. really... I feel almost no anxiety anymore. I used to be very crippled by anxiety and I no longer really feel any. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I I don't, I I know this feels like maybe a bad idea or like taboo or something, but like, I think I could try drinking again. I think my relationship with it would be different because I, I'm not, you know, I don't need it to cope with anxiety. And she was actually like, yeah, you know, when we treat people for like sex addiction, it isn't you can never have sex again. It's we're going to help you develop a different kind of relationship to sex in your body and yourself. And then after that, hopefully you can go out into the world and have a different relationship with sex. And she was like, I think you could do the same thing with alcohol. Um, I mean, now I'm back to like numbing myself with 
drugs and alcohol all the time, but I mean, it's who among us is not in the middle of almost a year of all of this. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm not like getting too worried about myself. I'm still functioning pretty much better than I was, you know, however many years ago that was. So I'm not like worried about it, but I did, I, it was interesting accepting that my experience was different than what I was told everyone's experience with alcohol addiction is like. And, Mm -hmm. and it took a long time for me to be able to like feel confident saying like, actually it's, it's different for me because I thought like people would think that I'm like lying because I'm an addict and I want to be drunk again or, or weirdly some part of me that was thinking like, maybe they'll think I was lying before about being addicted to alcohol. (laughs) And maybe people will think I got sober for three years for attention. And it's like, why would anyone think that? Like who would do that? But this is the fears of my brain. But then I, I don't know, but you're right. It's just addiction is so fucking complicated and there's no way to just prescribe one type of treatment to everyone and one life course for everyone who experiences addiction to something. Yeah, it's not going to work. I so that is interesting that you you use drinking as like a coping mechanism for something. So it's like yeah. the other thing is what the problem is. It's yeah. just that this is what makes you feel better. And for some people um I was listening to um the fuck is that show called? It's the Stephanie Whittles Wax uh, podcast about heroin addiction and other yeah. addiction. But she had a guy on um, Gabor Mate, and he was talking about. Um, so you use drinking as a coping mechanism for that feeling you have. And he was talking about how people, um, some people even use like work. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, people say workaholic, but nobody actually like thinks of that as like a problem because it just seems so admirable or whatever. But it really is true that like everybody needs something to like soothe that normal little living is kind of hard and I need something to comfort me thing. Uh, It always bugs me when people think either uh, addiction or you know, like being fat, they think that it's like, oh, you have some huge problem you're dealing with. It's like, not necessarily. Sometimes it's just like normal stress or anxiety. Not even like, I mean, I used to be really, really, really anxious. um, But that was not even real. I don't think it really affected the food. Um, But now my anxiety is like much lower level, but it affects the eating a lot more I think um and it affects other things it's not just like more weird things um but it doesn't have to be extreme you don't have to have extreme amounts of stress or extreme trauma or extreme self-hatred to want to turn to something else to feel comforted or whatever you know yeah no you're absolutely right it's like I noticed how like I feel like I take breaks from smoking weed just because, like, I I just don't want another repeat of what happened to me with alcohol a few years ago. So, like, you know, if I'm – sometimes I run out and I go, you know what, I'm just going to not smoke for a week. And it's, like, the beginning of that week is, like, I'm so – hypersensitive to like even just the smallest annoyances it's like I want to like well now I want to be high and then 
by the end of the week, it's like my tolerance for discomfort has increased because like, you know, I, it just takes, it doesn't even take that long to get used to it again. But like, you're right. It doesn't really take that much. If you're like, you know, like I used to take ibuprofen every time I had like the slightest like tinge of a headache or like soreness in my body everywhere. (laughs) And just my ability to tolerate any kind of pain just like disappeared and like sometimes it's like if you make yourself used to like if you're used to coddling yourself then yeah it's not going to take a lot to break you or make you dependent on something totally I think that like um being being really gentle with yourself I don't know if that's a common thing for with addiction or or cope whatever unhealthy coping or however you want to put it um but I know that I am like very, very, very nice to myself in general. And like, I don't say no to myself to, yeah. for anything. Yeah. If I want to buy something online, I buy it instantly. Yeah. It's not even a question. You know, some people are like, I'll save up or if I'm good or I don't have any of that. Yeah. Nope. And other people will be motivated. They'll go, oh, I put money towards this thing. So now I'm more motivated to do it. Doesn't matter to me. I'll throw the money away. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, so I don't have that. I think that's that's part of it. Sometimes you're like, you're very gentle. You want to be sweet. You go, you deserve this. You get yeah. whatever you want. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I'm very similar with myself. Like, well, there's a part of me that like wants very much like wants to be like disciplined and motivated, but like a very real part of me that is also just like I want everything to be easy. And if I can make it easy, why would I not? Like, if I have the mm-hmm. option to do what I want, why would I not do that? Um, but I guess this is the thing that I'm, I'm in the process of learning right now is that like, there are benefits to sometimes self-care is actually like making a sacrifice now so that tomorrow you're, you'll be in a better position. Yeah. It's, it's always like trying to figure out what, what the right thing even is to do. Cause um, I frequently have that where I'll go, oh, I think this is what I need. This is going to be the answer. This is the problem. And then I'd later go, maybe it's fucking not, you know, you just like keep trying to figure it out. Um, but I've had like some interesting revelations with things where I, you know, I've, I've given up so many different things throughout my life. I've quit doing so many things and, um, and then I'll go, maybe that's part of the reason why like food's like the only thing that's left. Like I remember being younger, I was like offered drugs constantly when I was really young and I was just I remember thinking I wouldn't do drugs. I remember thinking I wouldn't be bulimic. There are all these choices that I made of like things I maybe kind of wanted to do, but I was like, no, you can't because you'll fall further if you do that. So you can't do that. But the food, yeah, fine. You know? And then over time that becomes just harder to, um, to handle. But I've like found a way to relate it to giving up some other things. Like there were moments when I gave up cutting, that was really fucking hard. And I still think about it sometimes. And I haven't done it since I was like 17 and mm-hmm. I'm 34 now. So it's really <laughs> weird that I would still, if I get really upset about something, which is rare, um, like maybe once a year or something. But if I get really upset about something, I'll still be like, God, I just want to do that and just like instantly feel better. 
um, because it did just make me feel better. I never got when people were like, whoa, it's crazy. It's like, it's not that crazy. It just, it makes you feel better and it's fine. So what you have a scar, like who gives a shit? I don't know. It just didn't seem like that big of a deal to me. And I was like, what I really wanted, the emotions were so intense when I was younger. What I really wanted was to die. So being able to do that took away the intensity of the pain and helped me live longer I felt like it was like it's only positive (laughs) I need this right now yeah but when I I stopped doing it there's a moment like I don't remember the last time I did it or anything but I remember the moment when it changed and it was like I was having a party at my house and everyone was there and like we're all really drunk and um recently I'd had an argument with my best friend where someone told me um you know, she talks shit about you and you're not there. And she, you know, like does all these different things. And I was like, Oh, and, and I believed that person. But then, you know, my friend said, she's lying and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I did tell my friend, like, I think she's probably telling the truth, but I also don't really care that much. Like whatever, (laughs) (laughs) because I don't know. I don't know why. But so then at this party, then her boyfriend told me, you know, all that stuff is true. She really does do that. Cause he got mad at her, you know, And, uh, so then it was like, oh, it was just like this terrible, like painful moment. And I was sitting next to her and she was just going, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't, whatever. And I kind of knew like, she's just depressed. So she can't handle that. I'm also depressed because I make her feel more depressed. And then, so like, she's a lot of her lashing out at me is about her. Like I was aware of that. And I just remember that moment thinking this pain fucking sucks, but I'm not going to punish myself with like cutting myself because she was an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like getting through that moment and having that moment of just feeling the pain and not doing anything about it. Like it was just completely different from there. Um, And almost everything I've given up, I have like a moment that's like that. Yeah. I, I think the same is true. Anytime. Like I, I definitely had that moment with alcohol where it was like, it wasn't even hard really for me to stop. It was so weird because this was something that I like couldn't even leave my house without doing. And then I just had the moment where I was like, you have to stop or else you're not going to be able to do anything anymore. Like, you know, you can't get Mm -hmm. drunk every single time you leave your house. It's just not a way that anyone can live. So it has to stop or else you won't be able to do anything anymore. And then the next day I just got rid of everything that I still had in the house with alcohol in it. And I mean, it wasn't like easy, but it also wasn't like really hard in the way that I thought it was going to be because I'd made up my Mm -hmm. mind and it was just like, I know what's at stake and, and I see it and accept it now. And this is just what must be done. And so I will do it. And it's amazing. Like every time something like that happens, you realize that like, oh, you can do it. Like you are capable of handling a lot more pain and hardship without breaking than you realize. Totally. You just like have to be ready for it or in the right headspace or, or whatever, but yeah. or just willing to live it. through it. Like, really, I think that's, yeah. it. like, you just have to be like, this will be over eventually. And I am willing to see it through to the end. And on the other side of this, I'll know things I didn't before, but like mainly like, you know, this too shall pass or whatever. Like, I know it sounds like corny. Yeah. a lot of those corny sayings, like actually are kind of rooted in like, a helpful truth which yeah like, definitely yeah that like you you literally can live through almost anything like so many things you think you can't live through like oh guess what you did so like mm-hmm. yeah it's 
uh, I guess just like remembering that like, oh yeah, all those things I thought I couldn't possibly get through, um, I did. And it wasn't, most of them weren't as hard as I thought they were going to be. So yeah, I just, this is the thing I'm going to do now. And then you just, you just do it. Yeah. And having those, like every time you make that decision, like does help you then later where you go where I did that. And I did that. I think it becomes harder when the feeling you have is not terribly familiar. You don't understand it. Like um, I actually read a thing that was really um, interesting about how um, there was a society uh, like an isolated society that um, has like the highest rate of suicide of any society, or it was just like insane. And they were trying to figure out why Mm -hmm. and what it was, was that they didn't have a word for grief. Really? So it was like, yeah. (laughs) So it's like when someone would die or something terrible would happen, these people had such intense, intense pain and they didn't know what the fuck it was. And so they probably assumed this is forever or, you know, whatever. And like, couldn't get through it. And I think that, that happens with other emotions too, you know, like once you know, this is depression or this is anxiety, like it helps you go, Oh, I know I'm experiencing anxiety right now. Yeah. Whereas when, you know, I like to compare it to a physical sensation, like, you know, when you get like a, a pap smear or something, if you've ever had one, especially that's particularly painful, they have to like scrape something out. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's just such an unfamiliar feeling that it hurts so much more. Yeah. Because it's just weird. Yeah. Um, so I think emotions can be like that too, where like, especially even though I've had like cravings for food a million times, I don't really get what it is. I don't really get what I'm looking for. Like, um, it just kind of feels like you want it. So you go, well, if I want it that bad, I'm going to just do it. I mean, I don't know. Um, But I think because it's just harder to understand, it's harder to fight. It's harder to question. Like if I've had, um, I had like a terrible breakup a couple years ago where I was like devastated. It was like the worst devastation I've ever felt in my life. And I remember having that, you know, you know why you're upset. And I remember having that feeling of like, this is the worst feeling in the fucking world, but doing that same thing like I did at the dentist, like, but I'm going to get through it. Isn't that interesting? But yeah. This could feel so fucking bad, but I'm going to get through it and it won't even matter later. Yeah. You know, eventually I won't give a shit, but I just can't, I can't do that with the cravings and stuff yet. I don't know how to, I mean, like I said, it's not that bad right now because I did recently have like an epiphany situation <laughs> that helped a lot, but <laughs> It still is something that like, you know, you feel like maybe I should have more control over this, but I just don't. And I think now I'm thinking it's because I don't really get it. Yeah. um, I'm kind of feeling that way with video games where I'm noticing just like how much of my time and attention that they are taking. And they've always, not always, but like for several years been like a very large part of my life, like a hobby and interest that I've had. And it didn't really seem like a, it's like, I probably do this a little too much, but it wasn't like a big deal. But like, Uh, since we're now all like confined to our homes and also I moved in to my own place. So now sometimes there are days when like, I'll wake up. I won't even shower. I'll just move from my bed to my couch and like start playing something. And next thing I know it's like dinner time and 
and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, it hasn't like fully hit me yet, but I know it's coming that like, I'm going to have to start like, I don't know. I'm going to have to start making some kind of structure for myself here because I can see it like slowly taking over my life. And, and I know that like, I'm going to reach that point where it's going to be like, there's stuff you can't do because of what this is, how much time and attention this is taking from you. And, and then you have to, you know, make your choice, I guess, as to how you're going to proceed. Right now, I'm still kind of in the bargaining phase of this, or like yesterday, I was like, I'm going to clean my entire apartment, I'm going to do a really good job. And then when I do, it'll be fine for me to play video games for six hours straight and, you know, not do anything of worth. And it's like, (laughs) And I still, I still felt bad at the end. I mean, a little less bad than I would if I hadn't cleaned my apartment first. But like, shocker, you know, playing, staring at a screen for several hours straight did not make me feel good. Um, so it's like, I, I know that the, the tipping point is coming soon. I'm probably gonna have to reckon with that. But for now, I am not, not gonna, not gonna force the epiphany too early because I'm enjoying my games. Yeah, you don't want to give it up yet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing that I've noticed with other people too. Uh, I remember this girl that I follow online once was talking about how she wants to um, start going to bed early. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to go to bed at like 10 o'clock every night. I'm going to do that. But I could tell in the way she said it, I was like, you don't want to go to bed early. <laughs> You're not going to go to bed early. And she didn't. It's like, she just did not reach that goal. And it was like, she's like, gosh, why can't I do it? And I'm like, it's because you don't fucking yeah. want to. Yeah. Which is fucking, you do not have, who gives a shit if you go to bed early, if you enjoy staying up late, I mean, do it if it's not really, really causing you problems, like whatever. Um, but some of you do have to get to that place where you really want to make the change. Yeah. But so then I would say with the video games, do you, do you really want to, do you feel like you need to, like, does it feel like, does it make you feel like shit? Does it keep you from doing other things? Like, really, like things yeah. that you're like, I need to do this, not just like, I think I should want to do this. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if maybe my problem is just that, like, I want to want to be better, but I don't want to be better, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it, who can, I, that, you know, sometimes that's valid. I yeah. think, especially in that transition phase, like you were saying, with feeling like you were just a teen. And you're like, how am I now like supposed to be an adult? Like yeah. that's weird. So I think we like sometimes can put these expectations on ourselves of like, I should be doing all of these things that seem more responsible or more adult, but really most things aren't, there's not really like an inherently like, wow, having a clean apartment really is inherently better than having a dirty <laughs> one. It's like, not really, it's yeah. ju- really just a preference. As long as you don't have rats or anything if you're not like getting infestations or something it doesn't really matter it's just how you want to be living or you know like how people are like oh you're watching tv all the time but reading books is like great it's like what the fuck is the difference reading a fucking story versus watching a story don't act like you're better than me yeah Yeah. you know I don't know. Just think about it more. Go, do I want to change this? Because I believe that if you really do, if you really see that it's like a negative in your life, I totally think you can change it. But maybe part of the problem is you're having a hard time really seeing why is it negative? Is it bad? Is it bad that I'm playing six hours a day? It's fucking coronavirus time. I can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess you're right. Because, I mean, there is genuinely a part of me that would like to be more organized and more structured and, like, more disciplined in my day-to-day life. And, like, you know, I keep, like, getting into these routines where I'll, like, work out every day and then I keep falling out of it and feeling bad about it and then getting back into it and then falling out of it. And it's, like, but I'm not trying to – I'm not beating myself up too much over it. I feel like it means more that I keep trying again than it does that, like, Mm -hmm. I never fail at it um but also at the same time it is like you know people can be cinephiles and that's like esteemed you know do I need just need to start like writing letterboxed reviews of all my video games and then you know will I will it suddenly become like a respectable hobby to have I don't know no seriously like we just haven't gotten to that place in culture yet where people see video games as art but eventually they probably will be and I mean they it's stupid. It's just, you know, because people feel like it's like juvenile or something. We don't like take it well, I seriously. Think like, but. The way I like to see it is just that it's all fucking stupid. The books are stupid. Movies are yeah. stupid. TV is stupid. Video games are stupid. It's all fucking stupid. So just be the kind of stupid. And most art, like the, the most respected art is like sculptures and paintings and shit. And so many of those suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like really... Like everything, all this art we have is like to make us feel better, yeah. to make us happy, to express what we're thinking. Like, so yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's crazy that it's, that it's not respected yet, but I definitely think it will be. I mean, some of them won't. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> As in, in, in any medium, you know, it's like some, some of it is good and some of it is bad and. And I mean, but you know what? If Max and Pollock can get attention, yeah, and then also, maybe, yeah, men can. Mostly also. subjective. <laughs> like all, all media is is very subjective. And I'm like, for the most part, I believe in like letting people choose what they want to take seriously and what they don't want to take seriously. I don't really think that there like needs to be conflict there. I mean, mm-hmm. there are certainly things that like I think are silly to take seriously or to or things that I think people should take more seriously but also at the end of the day like does any of this matter like you know like Mm -hmm. it's art is cool and interesting and a cool part about being alive but it's not like the most important thing so like who cares what how much of it anyone wants to take seriously like whatever take it all seriously take none of it seriously take Marvel movies seriously if you want like who cares yeah I mean if you get something out of it like, yeah, why why couldn't it be considered valid? Yeah, I, I think, like, I don't know, maybe it's a kind of nihilistic view, but, like, it's, like, everything matters because none of it matters. So, so you get to decide what, what you think matters, and then that gets to be your world, and you can live there, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of us it's agree just... on things, and some of us don't, and, like, I don't know, I'm over-caring about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can. I mean, there's... You know, I I think it's easier to be open about everyone's interests when people aren't like a dick about theirs. Because some people really get very like very aggressive and confrontational, which is like an automatic turnoff. But I don't have to care about it just because they're so angry or whatever. You know, let them like it. Great, they're they're really vocal about it. Whatever. Yeah, it's (laughs) yeah, it's. It doesn't change my reality at all, whether other people like the same things that I do or not. So 
I just like, yeah. If everyone else wants to be an asshole about the things they like, go for it. Doesn't do anything to me. So yeah, I think as long as you can find somebody who does also really like the stuff you like in the same way you like it, that's the best thing. Like, who cares if someone doesn't like it? Yeah. But if you can find somebody that like you can watch a thing with or or talk about a thing with, and they like felt the same way about it, it's like as long yeah. as you have at least one person like that great and even if you don't honestly sometimes things can just be for you yeah and sometimes it's just it not... almost feels like cooler to be like yeah nobody, nobody gets this but me yeah it's it's brilliant and i see it <laughs> at least I think the creator did you've got someone in the world who maybe does yeah <laughs> Um, okay, so I was going to have us talk about conspiracy theories, oh, but yeah. then <laughs> this happened, but I think this is better. But um, I am just going to quickly ask you, I'm just going to, I went through a website that was like craziest conspiracy theories. Okay. So I'm just going to say them and you're going to tell me just if you believe it or not. Okay. Just to... <laughs> All right. And you may never have heard about it before, but just for me saying it, okay. does it sound probably right? You know, would you go, yeah, yeah. that probably is correct. Okay. Okay. The world ended in 2012 and Earth is in a black hole. I do that not believe right? that. No, I don't believe that. Okay. Hmm. Oh, I got a skeptic here. <laughs> okay. The Denver International Airport is an Illuminati hub. And then let me give you some uh, some other information about yes, the Denver please. International Airport. There are murals on the wall with... Mm -hmm. uh, nazi sort of themes there are like gargoyles around there's there's some i think it's a gargoyle that talks and says like welcome to the illuminati something and then they correct themselves and say i mean the denver international airport um there's a sign up somewhere that's like a commemorative plaque from like the new world airport mm -hmm. commission and that's not a real thing yeah this so this a lot of, yeah right yeah, I'm 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 in. The I'm hundred percent in hiding in plain sight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the I one hundred percent I'm already in. I I'm not familiar with this one before, but I believe it. Yeah, I love it. I was like, all right, I gotta go there. This sounds like Disneyland or something, just looking around for the different little uh hidden Illuminati uh uh I mean gargoyles. I don't know. Is that a known Illuminati thing? I don't know, but I like it. Yeah, I've never heard of it being an Illuminati thing, but I'm willing to say it is now. Yeah, let's add it if it's not. It's very yeah. cool. Uh, Earth, the Earth is hollow because of the changing magnetism. In, uh, in 2014, they found uh, the volume of more... It's three times more than all of the oceans inside of the Earth. 435 miles deep into the earth um, in a rock. And for some reason that that makes people believe even more that the earth is hollow. They already thought it before that. What do you think? Um, I have heard a little bit about the hollow earth theories. None have caught my eye so far. Um, but you know, it's not something that I'm like 100% against. Like if I see something compelling, I'll be willing to entertain it. I'm willing to entertain a lot and I would put that on the list, but I'm not convinced yet. 
Okay. Yeah. That's what I always think. I'm like, you need to give me like more backstory for me to know about stuff. But also with something like that, the earth being hollow, I feel like I'm not smart enough to know. Like, I feel like you have yeah. to know about like physics and geology and math or something probably to really get it. Yeah. And I, I, so I'm a little lost, but I, I'm not, I'm on board personally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if it was. <laughs> yeah. Right. That'd be kind of neat. Bigfoot. What do you think about Bigfoot? Because they said that Bigfoot has an FBI file uh-huh. and that there have been over 2000 sightings. Bigfoot is such a, a tough one because it seems like so. I, I don't know. It seems like it could so easily be explained away as just like a weird phenomenon or people like miss seeing something or wanting to see something that's not there. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like something, some kind of weird creature that we haven't gotten a close eye on yet could exist. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, it wouldn't destroy my worldview if like we suddenly did find proof that Bigfoot was real. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll buy it. Um, so I yeah. think it's, it's plausible to me either way, like either just a bunch of people kind of getting swept up in something they want to be true or like genuinely like, yeah, if it turned out to be true, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'd love to hear more like details about the specific sightings. Yeah. Because I could see some of them being like, LOL, it's funny to say you saw Bigfoot yeah. or, you know, whatever they were drinking or who knows. But I could also see if, if there are over 2000, I could see at least some of those being from like a totally normal person who explains it in a way that you go, well, shit, that, that kind of sounds yeah. true. Um, you know, it's uh I don't know why I like to bring this up again. Like I say things that I know are going to make me sound dumb <laughs> and I, and I have to do it anyway. Uh, but I feel like a current like conspiracy theory is like the uh, vaccinations causing autism yeah. sort of thing. And for me, I don't immediately write it off because this is why, because when I first heard about it, it was from like different moms on a TV show saying I saw my kid change and it was crazy. Like before the shot, they were like this. And after they like weren't even there, like they totally changed. So for me, I went, oh, well, that sounds credible that a person is saying this happened, you know? Um, So when everybody automatically writes it off, I'm like, it a little bit makes me think you'll write off anything that women say. But for me, like an individual (laughs) woman saying this sort of thing happened, that's some somehow meaningful to me versus, well, the studies don't support it. Like I've already said, when I read research papers, I'm like, these don't feel like, oh, they're so credible to me. Yeah. Um, and also there's plenty of reasons why you, of course, wouldn't want to say vaccines have any sort of negative yeah. impact, you know? So um, I don't know. I don't like that that's immediately written off. It's like, can we at least keep it with Bigfoot or something? Can we have... <laughs> Yeah, or it's like if you're going to call everyone stupid for believing something, then like at least clearly explain why they're stupid, right. which I'm sure people yeah. do, and I just haven't read it. But um, like I'm not saying that like there aren't people who 
can offer good evidence about this. But yeah, you're yeah. you're what you're talking about the immediate reaction to immediately telling someone that what they have experienced cannot possibly be true. It's like, well, let's maybe maybe they are wrong, but yeah, it's like necessary to it's necessary to entertain things that we think maybe aren't possible if only to disprove them like yeah yeah because if i mean if you've looked at like you know science over the years there have been so many things that everyone was like oh that's fucking wrong you idiot or how dare you question this thing that we know to be true and then they find out later of course that you know that that person was right or whatever So it's like, that's happened so many times. Can we just have an open mind about stuff, even if it seems nuts or whatever? Um, But also the way people talk about it does tend to be just immediately so dismissive and and angry. It's a lot of like these fucking idiots, like those sorts of things that I go, well, at the very worst, these are people who are concerned for their children. So let's respond to them in that way and go, I know you have these concerns but these are the facts and i totally get why you would want to protect people from that if you feel like that's the truth but we have all this evidence that says otherwise you don't need to be like these dumb cunts yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah people get really uh people who if they f- believe that they're on the side of good like they will abandon all empathy um, <laughs> like yeah. i saw a tweet today that was like someone was like, I'm at the point where I straight up want to punch everyone I see on the sidewalk without a mask. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I get that you're technically on the right side of this thing, but that, yeah, like I said, like people will just, as long as they believe that they're on the side of good, then they will stop being a good person because they're like, I'm right. So I don't have to be empathetic. I don't have to be kind to people who disagree with me you know all I have to be is right and then that makes me a good person and I'm like I would much rather be empathetic and understanding and inquisitive and like uh effective in how I communicate with people than be you know right I guess yes totally and you and you can be kind of right and still wrong too because I've seen the same thing I get so annoyed by the people who are too into the masks yeah like all right like um I've seen people get really pissed about um someone was jogging and they weren't wearing a mask I'm like it's probably fine yeah you know what I mean they probably don't really need to wear a mask and even if you're going oh what they run past me I doubt even if they had COVID, you're going to get it in that one second you guys are near each other. Yeah, especially in the outdoors when it's like (laughs) proven. Yeah, Yeah, it's like proven that it's like very difficult to contract if like from someone like anything like that from someone else when you are outside. So like, yeah, getting really angry at people like not wearing their masks outside seems like a waste of emotion to me. It's like the material effect is fine but it's just yeah certain people it's like uh knowing that they're right is like opens this world for them to be like now i get to be the cruel sadistic person that i really am deep down um (laughs) but that i i cannot believe that i could be so like i have to wait for this holy war to present itself to me and now i can be a violent and vindictive and 
cruel person, but I'm being it to the bad guys. So it's okay. And I'm still a good person. And that really sticks in my craw a lot. Cause like, I know a lot, some people who don't wear masks are just dicks, but a lot of them are just like dumb people who believe Mm -hmm. conspiracies that, you know, like I know what, I know what it's like getting sucked into a conspiracy. And, you know, I, I have a lot, I have a high tolerance for, I guess, stupidity and selfishness in other people because I just know that that is human nature and like, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't control that. I can only take care of myself. Um, But it's like, I almost feel myself empathizing more (laughs) with those people these days than with like the big mask people when, because it's just like, I've seen so much ugliness out of these people who are trying to I don't know it's just I guess it's it just doesn't sit right with me I don't know something about it, I can't really fully articulate it yet I'll get there eventually but there's an emerging not emerging it's been around but like an attitude that kind of emerged a couple months into the pandemic that is has crystallized I guess since then where it's just this very like upsettingly like ugly and hateful like sentiment from like people who are really into wearing masks directed towards people who are not really into wearing masks and it's like Mm -hmm. you remember when um people were like oh thanksgiving is going to be this like mass extinction event because everyone's going to go home to their families and kill their grandmothers and the way people talked about that was almost like they were like they wanted it so badly you know yeah like they wanted the people who broke the rules to be punished in this horrible way and it's like you know it it just it made me feel kind of sick inside to read all of this stuff you know what i've been thinking recently um you know people will say sometimes a terrible thing happens and you know like you like in the bare naked lady song you (laughs) laugh at a funeral And the idea is that it's so uncomfortable that that's just your reaction, you know, but I think usually it's more that sometimes we're a little sick and we enjoy, we truly are enjoying the pain that's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's also, you know, when someone dies, um, a celebrity and there are people who you can tell they're posting about it because they're aware that you may not have seen the news yet and yeah. they may be the first one to tell you. Yeah. And they like that. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know. I just feel like uh, people get a lot of joy from things that are mean spirited sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, that's one way, like you can say this is about them not wearing masks, but I don't know that that's what this is about. You know, because um, I haven't had someone to get really mad about someone who was wearing a mask, <laughs> but they were wearing a mask in their car. So they were like, that's so fucking stupid. You're alone in your car. Why are you wearing a mask? And I just think like, who cares? Who cares? They may have forgot. Maybe they don't want to touch it before they can wash their hands again. Maybe they're going somewhere else and coming from somewhere where they needed the mask. And I mean, what the fuck? Why are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the good people can be just as toxic as the bad people for sure. Yeah, it's, um, I feel like they're almost, it's almost more dangerous to me, the people who 
like are cruel but really can't think of themselves that way because they'll do anything to convince you and themselves that they're not actually bad people whereas mm-hmm. like i just be just be a scumbag and then i just know who you are and then you know like i feel like yeah i try to just be all of my asshole behavior i want that to be public and it's like you know like i don't want to pretend to be better than i'm not you i would rather be the person that you enjoy more and understand more as you get to know than like the person who has to have this like veneer of being i don't know a certain type of way um it's like you know it's the like Jungian idea of like if you acknowledge your shadow and and accept the bad parts of yourself and own those, then they have less power over you than when you try to deny them or like squeeze them out of your subconscious and they just disguise themselves as, you know, good actually. And they, they have more power over you that way because you can't see them for what they are. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to acknowledge all of it. Because, uh, yeah, you push it, push it aside, pretend it isn't there, don't want to admit to it. Yeah, it's it's still there. It's still coming out. It's just more like insidious. You don't know where it's going to yeah. seep out. But then I, I'm sure you've had this experience, too, with other people where you're getting to know someone and you think they're one way. And then suddenly they say or do something that you go, oh, God. <laughs> and it's just like this alarming, like that's a really bad thing to do or to say about someone. Yeah. Uh, I've had it mostly with people who say things where I get to know someone and I realize that they talk such shit about everybody, like their friends, the person who just let the room left the room, someone they just met this disabled person, like, like where I go, Holy shit. I would have never known you were this mean if I didn't get to know you better. Cause you were like hiding that from everybody. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I've had that happen with quite a few people and uh, usually tourist women. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Bring Um, it back to astrology. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think like, yeah, I'd I'd rather be, that's why like at this point, I think like Democrats annoy me even more than Republicans do because it's like at least the Republicans are just like, we suck and we openly do. And Democrats are like, we care about you. and and then they still find ways to screw you over. So it's like, just be honest. Like, yeah. I, I don't expect anyone to be good anymore. Like, I, I don't have, you know, I, whatever. Uh, everyone has dark and light, I guess, in them at a, any given time. So it's like, I don't care. Just be honest with me about what I'm dealing with when I deal with you. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think a lot of the Republicans think they're doing the right thing. A lot of them are just you know, they're brainwashed or they're in a cult or they, they have this idea. I think a lot of them have the idea that being a Republican is the morally correct thing to do. It's more, um, they're more ethical. They care about things. They care about abortion. I think that's a big, big one that keeps liberals just super fucked is because we don't just like say, you know, we care about women, we care about abortion or whatever. We say, like fuck babies fucking awesome it's like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up say yeah it's unfortunate but we you know 
we don't do that. We've decided to double down and go, no, any woman can get abortion at any time for any reason. It, it isn't sad. She doesn't have to be sad. Yeah. Nothing about it is sad. Yeah, like, it doesn't ever have to be complex. You know, we don't yeah. have to understand these things with any nuance. Yeah. Um, like, y'all, really? That's how you want to play it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's interesting. I feel like the Republican voter base is very genuine, whereas the Republican, like, I guess this is, well, it's true for all, pol- no politicians are genuine, um, and absolutely <laughs> none. Uh, but I think that, like, I guess the Republican electorate is, is more genuine, I think. Um, I guess some liberals are genuine, but to me, mostly it, it seems like the liberal idea is to like put a nice veneer on our not caring about anyone. Um, and yeah, whereas Republicans are like crazier, but they also do seem to be more genuine. Yeah. They're crazier and dumber. I mean, like that's just, just the truth, but, but yeah, but they are like, I don't know for most of them it's like there's something they believe in here for liberals it's more about like this is what I have to believe in in order to like seem like a good person publicly or whatever you know well and I mean this is fucking you know to talk about uh, PC police or that kind of shit but that stuff is like real in a way and like there is a lack of freedom in what liberals can say yeah because you will get fucking ripped apart if there's even one little aspect of liberalism that you don't agree with. Yeah. Like, like a, abortion. If Can you imagine literally any liberal person ever saying, I'm actually against abortion? They would be like shunned. I really, I don't see that working out for, for anybody except the politicians. They, because yeah. they're all shit anyway. But, um, but that's, that's really kind of where we're at, where um, we have to, we can't question things at all. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's all about performing the right kind of personhood. Um, absolutely. Um, and I also think that like, it's, it's about image. It's about performance and there's very little, Like when you really look at identity politics, there's really not a lot past there. Like it's it's hard to figure out. Like okay, but what are you, what are we making better here? Like actually, like how is a how is a family's life? Tell me how you're making a family's life better. Like how is my day to day life gonna be better? Oh, it's not. You're just teaching me which words I can and can't say, and that right. is the basis of your I don't know ideology and it's like yeah what are we doing here I I would rather see like real material change in people's living conditions than like have a list of things that are and are are and are not okay to make jokes about or like opinions that are and are not okay to have or to say it's like who cares what anyone thinks like how are we living Totally. It's kind of like you were talking about earlier with the like intellectualizing things versus like feeling them or living them or whatever. It's like, we're not doing anything. We're constantly thinking about what should we change on an intellectual level. And that doesn't fucking make a difference. And, and the things that we'll do is like donate to something 
that doesn't help in the long term whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a band-aid for something, hopefully at best, but it's probably just going to pay for stickers or some shit. Yeah. If you're into some organization. Um yeah, we don't know how to make real change happen. And and I don't know if most of us even give a shit. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if we could be more open about uh what we really want to do. I also think we have like so many, so many issues that how, you know, how can you change everything all at once? We've got this and this and this and this and this. Right. Um, I was reading this book that was saying uh, that's a big problem with liberals that we all have our different causes that we're most uh, passionate about. So some of us are like very into environment. Some are like Mm -hmm. very human rights. Some are very like specifically like racism or, um, sexual identity or, you know, there's so many different subsects. And so they're like, you all feel like different, like you don't all feel connected because you have like slightly different um, ideology. And then if you say, I want to change this one thing, you get people going, well, why don't you change this? Or that's not good enough or include these people or this other issue with, you know, or else it's not fair or whatever. So we're just like, okay, I guess we won't do anything. Cool. Yeah. I am. I remember like a labor organizing group that I was working with at one point in my life. And they, there was this like email thread about how like, um, oh, we need a place to like hold this meeting. How about this place? And it's like, well, that place isn't wheelchair accessible, so we can't go there. And then it's like, well, no one in this group actually needs a wheelchair. So, you know, we can, <laughs> this one time, well, you know, the the group's like constitution or whatever says that any meeting must take place in a location that is handicapped accessible. And then, and then guess what? The meeting never ended up happening because, you wow. know, and I, and I just was staring in disbelief, like reading these emails. And I, like, honestly, I like kind of stopped labor organizing for a while after that experience <laughs> because I was just like, Oh my God, you would rather not do anything than like violate some imaginary uh, rule that you made up that has no bearing on the actual circumstance that we find ourselves in. And those sorts of uh, limitations are impossible to meet anyway, when you're getting like, well, everything needs to be inclusive for everyone. It's like, you know, that's literally not possible. Yeah, yeah. There's always going to be someone they're missing an arm, they're missing a leg, they don't see, they don't hear, they're a little person there, like whatever it is, there's always going to be someone that you're not able to specifically make it include them. Like every, like, even if it's just like a, a building, yeah, you know, you can't make the counters high enough for a little person to be like uh ideal and then also high enough for this you just can't so but also why the fuck do we feel like we need to it's just kind of silly yeah Um, the way it does actually create restrictions it's like i get the sentiment behind it but can we not just put out you know we care about this like try to make change where you can but yeah well it's about like you know, being practical as opposed to being like uh, tied to this ideal of equality that is not practically achievable, at least not at this time. It's like, does that mean that we shouldn't do anything at all? Like, I don't think that. I think that like imperfect progress is better than doing absolutely nothing. But yeah, we've 
people are so identity politics poisoned that like they're just completely incapable of taking any kind of action unless they can be guaranteed that it's not going to offend anybody um, or it's not going to be seen as problematic by anybody. And it's like, you cannot do anything that everyone is going to love. So like, you know, make your imperfect progress. Do you at least do something? Yes. At least do fucking something. I read this other book that was talking about um, some changes. I want to say, was it related to prisons or was it? I don't know. But it was something about making changes for like gay people. And they said that there was a big issue with like not including trans people within that bill or whatever. And the whole point of the book was saying you need to include the trans people or the change will never happen. You have to include everybody or the change will never happen. And I just, I'm like, but if we look at what has happened, that's not true at all. Yeah. Like getting gay marriage legalized did, I think kind of immediately make people go, Oh yeah. Now trans people are a thing too. And that's cool. But I think if you tried to immediately include trans people it would have gotten even more pushback than it already fucking did, which was already bad. Yeah. So it's like, I think taking baby steps, like, I don't know. I don't see the the harm in that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you still bring the other people along. You still have them in mind. You still know that's the next step. But yeah, yeah there's know, a sometimes- difference between like having the opportunity to do more and settling for less and then like... Yeah having the choice between like some actual progress or your stupid fucking ideal and it's like your ideal puts food in no one's mouth so like right you know don't let it get in your way that's a really good distinction to say like if you can do more definitely fucking push it but like get a sense of it if it is if it's do something or do nothing because it's not reaching the ideal that's dumb yeah (laughs) yeah Cause the other side's pushing their shit the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we got to be proactive here. Yeah. Um, I am going to let you go. I'm really <laughs> sorry for keeping you so long, but it was just so good. Yeah, it's this just is a really so interesting conversation. Yeah. I love getting to know you more and to see now. And this is like, what's so awesome about doing this podcast. So I really feel like I get to know people a lot better. So then when I see your posts, like I'll get more of a sense (laughs) of where you're coming from, who you are, how you're saying it. I like that. Yeah. It was really good talking to you. Yeah. I had so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will see you around Twitter. (laughs) Bye, Ashley. If you love smart girl shit, consider buying yourself a copy of Ashley Chupp's essays titled Pre-Apocalyptic, Field Notes from the Capitalist Landscape. In this collection of essays, Ashley writes about her fervent search for peace, letting go of hope in order to survive, dissociating through gaming, and much more. It will make you think and it will make you feel. Buy it now on Amazon or maybe somewhere else. I don't know.